0: there and welcome to the Movies in Focus podcast. I'm Niall Brown. In this episode of the podcast I talk with Corey Deshawn, the talented multi-hyphenate behind the film The Daughter. Daughter is an intense psychological thriller that stars Vivian Noe as a young woman who is abducted and then inducted into a family as their new daughter. Casper Van Deen plays the mysterious father, a man who will stop at nothing to keep his family unit intact. A small film with great performances, Daughter plays with genre and expectations. It's incredibly well acted with standout performances from No and a career best Van Deen. Writer-director Corey Deshawn discusses how the film came to be and how he made this unexpected dramatic thriller. As always, I hope you enjoy our talk. Hiya, Corey.
1: Hey, how are you doing? I'm all right.
0: How are you today? Doing well. Well, thank you for... Uh, for joining me today to talk about daughter.
1: No, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: I see. Just before we get into it, I, the artwork behind you is that
1: something from the film? Uh, it's not, but I did paint this. So, like the paintings in the film, I did kind of experimenting around that that style, and I think this was around the same time as that.
0: Right. Yeah, because I just saw it, and I thought that that, that looks vaguely familiar. <laughs>
1: yeah, similar style. Yeah.
0: So I mean. I've re- I, I sort of watched it this afternoon, sort of evening time here, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it's, I mean, it's very timely in a weird way. It's, And you finished it before kind of lockdown and everything, didn't you? It's...
1: Yeah, I wrote the film in June of 2019, and we shot in October 2019. So we were in, in post trying to get that first edit out uh, when we were realizing that we had predicted the future in a way. Well that's it. I mean because it's it's about
0: there may be a virus out there people believe it people don't believe it uh, you know and it's it's sort of a self-contained thing but a family kind of locked away so it's it's kind of yeah you kind of you had your you kind of you saw the future without knowing anything
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i, mean, I how, think if i you we were going into that scenario i would have written a different film but you know what are you going to do <laughs> <laughs> and how did it come about sort of what what sort of inspired you to do it um really it was part just creative curiosity and then part necessity. Um, so like the, the team and I, we have been talking about making a film together maybe like since that uh, entire prior year. Um, it's just starting with Vivian conversations that she and I were having about what we wanted to do creatively. Um, the other uh, cast members, Elise, and we're in our circle of friends already. Jess Vu we are producing partners in a circle of friends already. We were just talking about the idea of working together on something that over the course of that time became what would be daughter. And we knew that it was going to be a micro budget film. And that presents its own, you know, challenges and creative constraints that we have to work within and one of those is locations like you know micro budget films can't afford a lot of locations you can't afford a lot of company moves hopping around places and so the idea then became what would be a a fun way to or fun excuse to lock everybody in one location. Um, and like, what kind of drama intention can we get out of that? And how can we do it in a way that still feels uh, original to some extent, because there are so many films that that do this
0: yeah, and 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 that's I mean, it's a very because it begins, and you sort of think, and I know it's played kind of a, a few genre festivals, but you 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 believe it's going to be kind of a horror film or a sort of you know that that sort of saw experience. And it really becomes this kind of psychological drama about people living within the confines of sort of four walls. And it, 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 was that a sleight of hand that you you sort of intended to do to kind of lure people to think it was one way and then sort of take them in another?
1: A little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say to uh, intentionally mislead anybody, but definitely to play with the idea of how long can you stretch the tension from the threat of violence. So I think there there would have been a version where maybe the intro was a little slower paced as well, But I think in in what we ended up with in the edit, what made sense was that we do tease the audience with what level of violence they might be able to expect from the film and then just use that, use that knowledge that the audience have, in which case the character of Daughter does not yet have, and see just how long we can stretch that. But the idea inside was then to still be a very slow meditative film that explored how a character like this might try to navigate finding her freedom before that threat of violence returned.
0: And I mean, you kind of, you're, you've got four actors in the film, and like you said, it's, it's all within one location. How important is casting and how, how did the casting process work for you?
1: Yeah, no, it became really important. Um, I wanted obviously a cast that would feel, that would be interesting to watch and, uh, and have like, just very different approaches to their characters that would be interesting to play off each other. Um, but it did, it, uh, it began knowing that I was writing these roles for Vivian, uh, Elise and Ian. Uh, they were always a part of it from day one. And so I was leaning into things that I thought would be interesting to see them do and building this father character around them before we knew uh, who we'd be able to get for the role. Uh, you don't want to try not to write for like a, any specific actor in a micro budget like this when you're like, oh, you know, nobody who knows who's going to want to come do a little film like this. And I think we were really lucky to find Casper because what I did really want for that role was somebody who would play it against type, someone who you would not expect to be that kind of presence in a film And so, you know, people come into something like this with a certain idea in their mind of what they're gonna think Casper would do in a film and hopefully be surprised by uh, how he plays this role. But it was really important to have somebody who would take on that menacing edge that an audience might pre-perceive as a good guy, but in his performance still have that sincerity where you kind of believe it. You believe that he thinks he is doing the right thing for his family and he wants to keep his family safe. Um, and I think just those four create a really interesting dynamic to play around with that. Well, that's it. I mean, because he's sort of a menacing character throughout the film, but he,
0: he isn't a bad guy. You know, he, he, he doesn't really hurt. I mean, obviously he kills somebody at the start of the film, but <laughs> his family, he wants to protect. So he's looking at, you know, he doesn't hurt them. You know, there, there's that scene near the start where he says, you know, you're you're not going to be injured. You're not going to be attacked. So there is the, this loving quality that sort of, and even to the sort of, spoiler alert that sort of towards the end that kind of last scene w- with him it you you can see him caring about the family unit so there there is that sort of you know it it it's, it's a fine line for an actor to to walk
1: yeah yeah absolutely and in father's mind like if everybody just does what they're supposed to do nobody would get hurt everybody <laughs> would be safe that's all yeah. he wants he just wants everybody to be safe and happy you know <laughs> just how he goes about it is a little questionable
0: well that's it i mean which obviously leads to 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 certain downfalls, yeah. Um, one thing I, I really loved about the, the the film is the music. Um mm-hmm. How close did you work with the composer? The, because that's such, yeah, it, yeah. it had such texture to it.
1: No, no, I love uh, talking about this actually because the composer, David Strother, uh, is the first official crew member who was hired onto the film. Like I, I knew he would be doing the music for this film before I even knew what the film was because uh, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to his music. It was either earlier that year or the year prior. Uh, just ran... I was in an art gallery looking at uh, art from a concept artist I had hired to do something completely different. And uh, I met David at the gallery. He was just playing and it's just him, his electric violin and an array of guitar pedals where he would just take and loop and modulate the sound and create these really complex layered soundscapes that he would then improv over. as soon as I heard it, I'm like, I don't know where exactly, but I know that's going to be in a film. <laughs> Exchange was like, maybe, maybe it even was a year later when daughter was starting to take shape. And he was the first call I made, like, hey, like you've got to do the music for this; it's going to fit so perfectly. And he, you know, I told him the concept, and he got on board right away. Um, the scoring process, I think, was one of my favorite parts of, of the entire thing. It consisted of just him, myself, and our recording engineer, uh, Michael Gale. And so, what we would do would be, you'd pick a scene in the film, play it for the room, and I'd give David a little bit of direction of like what I thought the mood would be or, or you know, tonally where I wanted to start with, whether it be a bass or something else like that. And he would just lay down that first layer and we'd start and we just kind of shape it from there in a very living, breathing kind of way, find what that bass sound could be. And we'd record it and then say, okay, cool, what's next? How about when this character comes in and they do this little thing with their, Movement. Maybe there's a little call and response for if we can do in the sound based on that movement. And then David would be like, hmm, okay. And he, you know, improv something to that. And we would just one layer at a time build up this soundscape and create this entire orchestra out of instruments that didn't really exist, that were just how he would modulate his sound through his array of pedals. And we did that for the entire film and recorded those tracks individually. Michael gave us a little mix of that. And then I would take the tracks back into the edit and like rearrange and do like a preliminary mix of how the score would actually lay out on the film and try to do it in such a way where no two pieces of music would be exactly the same throughout the film. So even the recurring motifs and themes that you would hear would still come up a little bit different the next time you heard them, just to maintain that idea of like a live improv, living, breathing kind of organism (laughs) behind the music. Yeah, no, I I thought the score was fantastic and also,
0: there's that sort of brief musical interlude, um, which is almost kind of a, two of the characters, kind of, sort of the son and daughter, kind of mentally escaping from their 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 confines. Mm. That's such a change of pace for the film. That would, well. Did that feel like a gamble for you as a as a director? Or no, I mean bring- not
1: any more than the entire film felt like a gamble. Uh, that that was another thing that was always going to be there from day from day one. Like we were we were building to this moment where when we finally see what this creative expression was going to be from these people, it was going to be something that would be deemed unacceptable to the household. Yeah,
0: no, I I thought that was great because it's sort of, everything's of this very serious tone and then sort of two minutes of of almost freedom and then sort of back to reality. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And just finally,
1: um, what's next for you? Um, I'm working on a lot of uh, cool stuff, fortunately. Um, so, I, I write for write and produce for TV now as well. I'm working on the Power Book Two Ghost, uh, really on a show called The Night Agent that'll be out on Netflix next month. Both very, very different in tone and style from Daughter. So, it's, it's been nice to really be able to hop around and try different things and hopefully setting up my next film uh, this year as well. I've got another little contained thriller I want to do, a little bit bigger of a budget and something that would be a little bit more up tempo and contemporary in its storytelling, but that I still want to take the Daughter creative uh, blueprint and try to apply it to this as well. So that'll be the next experiment. Yeah, well, I look forward to it because, like I said,
0: I, I really enjoyed The Daughter. I thought it was great. And it was kind of, it was not what I was expecting. So so thank you for that.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and thank you for your time today, Corey. Thanks so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movies and Focus podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope that you tell your friends about it. That's it for this time. And I'll see you at the movies.